welcome to Harvest Time. We are glad that you're here. We're looking forward to uh, visiting with a couple that was with us last week in our missions conference, a veteran missionary family to the field of Japan. And I want to talk about that in just a minute and to them. But before we do, I want to remind you that this weekend really is the first weekend after our missions conference. And so we're going to focus a little bit on what we've learned from last week in the missions conference, as well as uh, um, focus in on the ongoing study through the book of Galatians, faith alone. As last week, we reminded all of us that faith alone is the evangelism, but that faith is not just faith alone for the rest of their life, it's faith alone for salvation, but encouraging and confirming that faith in the life of believers and by making disciples. And those disciples need their faith to grow. How does faith grow? Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. And this is the focal point, and I'm glad we can take a look at that this Sunday. Reminder this weekend that 930 Adult Bible Fellowships, children's ministries, teen ministries, nurseries, all of these are available at 9.30. So, Pastor, I'd like to come. I have no idea where to go. Look for the large kiosk right out in front of the uh, church building. There will be smiling people there. Also, another kiosk in the jetway. We'd be happy to take your children and point them in the right direction for an age-specific lesson and allow you to jump in at a 9.30 multiple um, adult Bible fellowships available for you to participate in. And then after that, 1030, our worship service, a great mix of conservative Christian music um, that'll help you in your worship to the Lord as we give to the Lord our worship. We'll, again, we'll be taking a look at Galatians chapter 5, an ongoing series through the book of Galatians. We're calling this message Dead Wake. And uh, would love to have you attend. And then after that, on Sunday night, our Family Bible Hour also is the finish of our day at 6 o'clock. It's a little over an hour service. We have the privilege this week to host uh, one of the pastors of the ministry here, one of the first major pastors that uh, built this ministry for many, many years, Pastor John Lewis. He's a friend to many. He's here out actually on um, vacation uh, celebrating his 50th wedding anniversary, and we're privileged to have him. He's willing to come and share Sunday night, and I hope you'll make it. Uh, it's always the first day of the week, which is the New Testament church worshiped in, and uh, we do the same also this Sunday. Make sure and be with us. Today we have the privilege to introduce you to Dan and Sharon Roberts. First of all, welcome to both of you. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you. Dan, uh, you have been up in Japan now for a long time. We were talking earlier before we went on the air about a young missionary couple that we both know uh, that is young and excited and passionate and uh, probably what you were 40 years ago or so. And uh, I, I think that you still are passionate, maybe not quite as young, uh, but energetic about the, the gospel that God gave to you. Uh, and Sharon, for you, um, your children have been raised. You've got grandchildren that are beautiful. And I think what I want to do is, if it's okay, Dan, talk to me about how in the world you ever decided to get to Japan. How did that work? You're from Michigan. You're Howley. How did this happen? Well, I, in the Army, I was on uh, Yoido Island, 
with the Campus Crusade, a big crusade, mm -hmm. Bill Bright. I went soul winning with Dr. Bright. Mm. And we went out, uh, they gave us time off and didn't, uh, didn't take it off of our leave time. They let us go work with the, with the crusade if we signed up for, I guess it was religious retreat time. They allowed that without taking it from your vacation time in the military. Uh, Dr. Bright, Bill Bright, uh, I was able to go out in the streets with him and, and street preach and hand out tracts and, and uh, when I was in Korea. And I can remember the church on the DMZ. I was stationed in the DMZ in special services. I was in a band. And there was no church. Uh, I, I would go to the church on, on the base, and it was full of a lot of babies and mothers. And there was no spiritual work going on that I could see. Mm. Anyway, for me, it was really hard on the DMZ as far as spiritual anything. It seemed like it was a real vacuum. And, uh, you know, I was just really broken spiritually over there. When I flew out of Korea, I remember just my heart was broken for Korea. And uh, I told God I'd come back here someday. I could come back here someday. I, I kind of promised him if he wanted me to, I'd come back here. And it was shortly after that I was at, I went to music school, Central Michigan University, met Sharon, and we got married. And uh, I, I wasn't uh, faithful to the Lord. I studied my Bible. I, we started going to church, to a, a good Baptist church up in northern Michigan. And I, uh, I fell before the Lord. I was out cutting wood one day, and I fell before the Lord, and I told him I'd... Uh, I told him I was a terrible, terrible Christian. I was a terrible sinner, and uh, that I wasn't, um, I wasn't a good husband to Sharon. I was drinking again, and uh, I wanted to die. I was just, you know, I was a, I was a hypocrite in church. I was a hypocrite to my parents. I was a hypocrite to my brother. I was studying the Bible with my brother. He was a pastor, and I was looking up every verse on faith. He gave me that homework, and I was writing every verse down. And I think it was, I know it was the Word of God that was working in my heart. And there was one verse I'd memorized when I was even when I was younger in Korea. I'd memorized it. Uh, you've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And uh, when I fell on the ground that day, I saw Jesus. Boy, I, you know, through eyes of faith, I, I could see him on the cross dying for my sins. And, and I, I uh, told him I want to die, and he says, Dan, you're already dead. You've been crucified with me. It's no longer you who lives, but it's I that live in you. And it was just, just like he was, the Holy Spirit was speaking to me, and I was just broken. And uh, uh, he, I, I remembered flying out of Korea and telling him I'd go anywhere mm -hmm. and uh, you know it took a lot of courage with Bill Bright to go out there and hand out tracts and stand there and mm -hmm. testify for Jesus I was just a bystander really I was just handing out tracts he was doing the preaching mm. but uh, I was I was challenged to do that I knew that's what I had to do I had to be a witness for Jesus and uh, tell him tell people what he's done for me and yep. you know that through the Bible, through the Word of God, and the prayers of my, in the in the church, and and uh, you know, 
so much grace and forgiveness came into mm-hmm. my life. My life was changed. I was able to get up off the ground, and I, I was, it, it was like I, everything was new, you know? Mm-hmm. Everything is new when grace comes into your heart and life. So, you know, as a, as a young child, I, I believed in Jesus. I grew up in a, a home where the Bible was read. We went to Sunday school every week. I sang in the choir, everything, but uh, I had no sorrow for my sin like I did that day. Mm-hmm. I think it was a special call, a special day. And we ended up in Bible school a few months later. Sharon graduated from Central Michigan right, right after that, and uh, we went to Midwestern Baptist Bible College. Dr. Jim Norton, very first week we were down there, a missionary from Japan over 40 years. Doc, uh, the pastor of the church put me with him to go out and make do visits. Very first week at Bible College. And so I went out visiting with this missionary from Japan, and he and I he asked me what I was going to do. I'm going to Korea, I think. I said, and he says, "Well, pray about Japan." And that was how God began to burden our heart through prayer and through Scripture, through encouragement of Dr. Norton. Mm. We uh, we surrendered to go to Japan. That was 40 years ago, or 38. 38 years ago. 38 years ago. <laughs> so you surrendered five years earlier than that. It took you about five years to finish Bible school. Finish Bible school and, and go to support. Support, and, yeah. Yeah. And Sharon, through all of this, um, once you were uh, married, how did you end up meeting the Lord? And then I want to talk a little bit about the children that coming along. And how did you end up coming to know the Lord? Um, I was raised in a Roman Catholic family. I went to Catholic school, and um, my family was very devout Catholic. My father died when I was young. There were eight children in our family, so my mother worked really hard Mm. to raise us and provide for us by herself. But um, I was in um, junior high, and I had a teacher, a Catholic nun. She took me to a Christian youth meeting in a town in Michigan about 40 minutes away from where I lived, and there, I think it was associated with Youth for Christ. And uh, there was a film, just a few people were there. There was a film, an uh, evangelistic film. And at the end of the film, the uh, evangelist said, you know, ask for a raise of hands. Would anyone like to um, ask Christ into their heart, have their sins forgiven, know they're going to heaven? And I raised my hand. And from that day, I knew that I was a Christian. Mm. So. Wow. Mm-hmm. And after meeting Dan and then, you know, mm-hmm. having a sense of the Lord wants us to go to Japan, what were you thinking about that, leaving all that you knew to go to Japan? Yeah, um, to me it was just good. I want, I just wanted to do what God wanted. And, yeah. you know, I knew nothing about Japan. Probably if I knew more, it would have been a lot scarier. Yeah. But I was kind of ignorant and sure, you know, I would love to go and I haven't regretted it. It's been, yeah. you know. Now, you have four children. Talk about um, Mm -hmm. how old were they when they went? You had all of them before you were on the field? Mm -hmm. Actually, we have five children. And um, we had three children in America before we went. When we, um, Megan, who works here at Harvest, she was seven months old when we arrived in Japan. So that was 1984, the end of October. And uh, two of our children were born in Japan, Bethany and Joel, our two youngest. So Ben was 
four, Hannah was two, mm. and Megan was a baby. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I, um, I didn't ever do well in math, but I did know that you <laughs> it's had It's okay. Five. I know you did, but I had to say there were five. Yeah. I'm glad you uh, did because we'd hate to eliminate any one I of know. them. I know all of them yes, well. Yes, yes. Um, mm-hmm. Now, they all primarily grew up in Japan. Yeah, they all mm-hmm. love Japan. They all much. are yeah. bilingual. Yes. Right? Yes, yes. And, yes. of course, mm-hmm. Megan and, and Bethany mm-hmm. both had mm-hmm. been here, worked for us. Right. Um, right. And uh, since that point, uh, get us caught up now. Where are they as far as uh, which ones are married and then your grandchildren? Okay. Well, um, our oldest son, Ben, works in Japan. Mm-hmm. He teaches English at a college and has some private English classes. Mm-hmm. And so he works with us at the church and, and lives near us, not mm-hmm. with us. Our second oldest is Hannah, and she's not married either. Her and Ben aren't married yet, but Hannah has a, a English school that she runs, and she does a lot of a lot of English teaching. And she has poodles, so she she mm-hmm. loves her dogs. Standard you know, poodles. Standard poodles. Yes. Big poodles. Big poodles. Yeah. And and mm-hmm. breeds these big poodles, yes. and they're beautiful right. and smart, right. and expensive. Right. So that helps her pay her bills. Yes. And I'm glad for that. Yeah, yeah they're yeah. awesome, actually. And then the other three? Well, Megan, of course, Megan is married to mm-hmm. Matt Lewis, and mm-hmm. they live here on Guam. And uh, they have two children, Eden and Cade. Yeah. So those are two of our grandchildren. Yeah. And then our, our fourth child, our third daughter, Bethany, lives in Greenville, South Carolina in the States. She's married to Stephen Pettit. And they have two little boys, Judah and Shiloh, mm-hmm. so two more grandchildren. And then our youngest son, Joel, lives in Texas, and he works as a businessman in Texas. Well, Mm -hmm. um, having a third culture children, Mm -hmm. which we have probably similar Mm -hmm. uh, patterns to that, uh, I think have unique opportunities, quite Mm -hmm. honestly. And um, um, Dan, let me ask you another question here, and then I'll come back to Sharon as we close. Talking about your own testimony, how you met the Lord, and then how you got to Japan. You've been in Japan now 38 years. To me, that's a veteran status person. Um, Still passionate about the gospel. You planted a church. Talk about that church and what you're trying to do there in Japan. Right now, we have uh, the church in Saku, Saku Baptist Church. Mm -hmm. And uh, we've been there about 18 years. It seems like a long time, without understanding the the strength of the church. You know, you have to win your people to the mm-hmm. Lord. They don't come from another church. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that in starting a church, it's one thing for someone in Japan to become a Christian, but it's another thing for them to find a support group. And so a church to become a support group for for a new Christian is so necessary. And when you're starting in a city where they've not got any churches, where they've got where they've never met a Christian, there's no Christians in their families, there's no Christians in their schools, there's no Christians in their businesses. The pressure is very, very difficult mm-hmm. on somebody who's tempted to become a Christian. The pressure to not become a Christian is extreme. Mm-hmm to go against everything they've been taught and everybody they know. So the church, my my burden is that we are, even though we're not large, we're a big enough, strong enough support group for if somebody gets saved, they have 
they feel like they're loved and they yeah. feel like they have somebody to ha hold them up when when uh, it gets tough yeah yeah. Talk about the, the, the Japanese language. You you have a seven-minute video, which we have that video on our website, by the way. Really well done, an explanation about the Japanese people that I know you care and you love. You speak fluent Japanese. Mm -hmm. But talk about that as you learned the longer you were there, because they are very polite people. Actually, that politeness that seems to trump speaking truth. Talk about that for a minute. Yeah. I can remember Dr. Norton saying the first 20 years were going to be the hardest. Mm -hmm. But... Uh, so that's kind of where my mind went. But uh, you're asking a different question, not about the language, but you're asking about communication with people. Uh, if we, in Japan, they have a word for it. They talk about the outward face, front, and the inward. Mm -hmm. And you don't show the inward in Japan. It's against, it's against the cultural rule of keeping harmony. And so... It, there's a front face that it's polite and gets along and does what the boss says and a very strict order the sensei and the the order of life in honor of your uh, grandparents and uh, parents and they live together in very very close very very close community and this is not broken, no matter how, how you feel inside, you know. Which is very different from America, mm -hmm. you know. And it, we've been away from it so long, it's a little bit of a shock sometimes when you see disrespect from children. But this, this, out, this, this strong system, you know, this harmony works. And uh, I don't know if that goes from, comes from the Shintoism. Because when a person dies, they become uh, spiritual. They have spiritual authority in the spirit world. They have a butsudan in the homes where the ashes are kept and actual uh, religious ceremonies and daily prayers and offering up of sacrifices to the spiritual ancestors. Mm -hmm. And the longer a person's dead, the farther away and less influence they have on the happiness, the prosperity, the strength of the family. This is all uh, idolatry. You know, yeah. it takes the place of the true God mm -hmm. to, to create a God in your own image. Yeah. And you're, now you're trying to end up, uh, you know, just, you're penetrating a whole culture, a whole mindset, the DNA of the people that are taught to respect. And obviously, you know, we say often, as it is with the New Testament, they, they weren't manufacturing the truth. They were just distributing the truth. They can't turn mm -hmm. anybody's heart to the Lord. The fact of the matter is the Lord's right. the one that chooses to, to save individuals and express that grace. Yes. Sharon, when Dan mentioned about the ladies, the children, you've been there long enough to know, and you have reached a number of these ladies, and you've used, as you were mentioning, uh, we were talking about the poodles and, and using that as a tool to reach people and, and some folks that might not nor normally ever been able to be reached. What do you find to be effective in that, uh, those ladies' hearts being open to the truth? Well, I just think that loving them, mm -hmm. you know, being, being real to them, being a friend, loving them unconditionally, and they then can open up and... Uh, 
and uh, they'll share, mm -hmm. you know, their problems, and then you can counsel and tell them God is the answer, mm -hmm. you know. So, like anywhere else, yeah. you know, it, it's. Wow. Well, Dan, as we close mm -hmm. here, any words of wisdom for us as we uh, pray for missionaries like you all? We are able to help support in some small ways, you all. Um, what would be helpful advice for us in praying for and helping missionaries, people committed to follow the mission of Christ into foreign lands? Ah, <laughs> um, you're doing so much already. You know, I'm just, uh, I stand amazed. But uh, I really believe that God has given, he, he used he, the means you know, I, I believe it's all by His grace, but the means of His grace is um, He uses the Word of God and He uses us. Mm -hmm. And so we, we, uh, we're the light of the world. But Jesus was the light of the world when He was here, but when He left, He put His Holy Spirit in us and we are the light of the world. And the church... Um, we need to to really be yielded over to the Holy yeah. Spirit of God, and Absolutely. and um, praying for the missionaries that they can do that. Mm -hmm. I come here and the, just the love and the encouragement that I sense, even in everybody I meet, just to be to talk and the and and you talk about the, the Lord here and the people. It's just so warm and open. You know, we really really need your prayers it that, that uh like Sharon said the love of of the power of grace you know grace and loving kindness are often between the Japanese bible and the english bible it says loving kindness in english and it says grace in japanese mm -hmm. and so uh the power of that grace might be in our lives mm -hmm. Because that's the only way that I think we can break the darkness. Mm. That that if God would use us as a light, yeah. you know, because Jesus said you're the light of the world, so yeah. that we would be that light. Mm. Yeah. You know, I was reading Matthew um, 5 today. As you quoted, verse 14, you're the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bush. Mm. But on a candlestick, that it give light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. And that's that loving kindness, I think. Mm -hmm. And um, grace with legs on. And glorify your Father which is in heaven. Amen. And we've been honored to have you all here. Thank you for being a part of And thank you for listening to Harvest Time here on KHMG 88.1 FM. Harvest Family Radio. We'd invite you to join us this Sunday at Harvest Baptist Church beginning at 9.30 a.m. for children's programs and adult Bible fellowships. At 10.30 a.m. this Sunday morning, we have our regular morning worship service. And then Sunday evening, come back for our family Bible hour. That is at 6 p.m. And thanks again for listening to Harvest Time.